You're impossibly fast and strong. You gotta give me some answers. I'd rather hear your theories. I have considered radioactive spiders and kryptonite. It's all superhero stuff, right? What if I'm not the hero? What if I'm the bad guy? You know what you are. Your skin is pale white and ice cold. You don't go out into the sunlight. Say it out loud. Say it. Vampire. Are you afraid? No. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the podcast, where we ask the question, remember the odds? Hey. I'm Courtney. And I'm Tom. And do you remember the odds? And we talk about... (laughs) (laughs) And we talk about everything from Allie to AJ. And I'm going to go nerdy. From when you and your mates were watching the AVGN Nerd on YouTube back in 2007 to uh, pretending you liked the Nostalgia Critic because your friends did, and you're like, I don't like the Nostalgia Critic. He kind of sucks, and I hate him. And fuck Channel Awesome. That's fair. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes, because it will come into play today, but not for the reason Maple might think it would be. Mm-mm. Do we want to announce the, the series? I already talked about the series. I've talked way too much about this series. I'm very excited, Courtney. Is We've it talked a, a lot about this series already. Am I annoying? Am I annoying with how excited I am for the series? No, no. Actually, <laughs> I kind of hoped that us getting pumped up for the series would make the movie better, and it still wasn't good. <laughs> I loved it, though. I'm so, so happy. I loved it. I loved every minute. Tom, I'm going to. What happened? I'm going to count how many pages of notes I wrote. How many pages? One, two, three, four, five, six. So I wrote seven pages of notes. That's incredible. That's a college paper. And <laughs> I could write an entire dissertation on Edward and Bella and Twilight as you, a whole. You wrote a proposal for a college thesis about Bella and. Edward. I, oh, I, I'm talking about how much I love the movie. Yeah. I already forgot their names. Oh, man. But that just kind of comes with the territory, doesn't it? Have you ever liked dads that actually try to have relationships with their daughters? I know that dad. Do you like glitter boys? Oh, I know glitter boys. Do you like boys. boys who glitter? Oh, my God. How about a family that just never ages? Courtney, oh my god, now that you're saying it yes. out loud, I know the dad, I love that dad, and then I hung out at the house yeah. of yes, so I'm around Glitter Boys. Oh my god, did Twilight predict my future? Oh no. Maybe. Oh boy. Oh. Well, <laughs> well we're here Have now. you ever wanted a partner that just talks a lot about drinking your blood? Or admits that he watches you while you sleep. Right. He talks a lot about how much he wants to eat her. Yeah. Um, I, I love the... I remember the bit when they're in her room and he just admits, I've been watching you sleep for months because I can't sleep and this is the most interesting thing about my day. Yeah, that whole scene with, like, her panting after the car accident is so strange because somebody had to give her tips and say something like, no, try, like, twitching your breasts up a little bit more. Try breathing in a little bit louder. (laughs) Somebody had to give her tips. Or they were just like, that's great. It's fine. Let's move on to the next scene. 
Oh boy, this is gonna be. I'm I'm gonna love this series so much. Uh, if you couldn't tell by now, audience, that we are gonna be talking about the Twilight Saga for Christmas. You better hold on tight, Spider Monkey. I don't really like the rain. Doesn't he own a shirt? The gift that keeps on giving. I'll probably insert like some funny little music thing here where I throw together lines yeah. from the movie to the tune of Christmas. Hopefully public domain. I don't want to, but that's how that's Courtney. Can you explain the, how we came to this idea? You had a brilliant reason as to do <laughs> yes. this. Well, okay. So I have to start with the, the first thing that this uh, series started with was Tom wanted to find out when, the anniversary date for the movie was, which is coming up within the days that we post this. November video, 21st. This episode. By the time we post this episode, November 21st, by the time we post this episode, it will be the anniversary of this movie coming out. But then when you mentioned doing Twilight as our holiday series, I googled Twilight Christmas and boy, did we get some gems. Oh boy, some amazing, I mean, like MySpace glittery gift yep. action going on there. It was just ripe for the plucking. And that is when this idea was born, Twilight. I think we're, we're jumping on this right at the perfect time because I've started to see the trend that as you and I were talking about Twilight, other like bigger people started to talk about twilight uh like i saw yeah, it's coming up yeah like my a youtuber i follow just did a reaction to his first time watching twilight uh julian nice. julian of jenna and julian did a twitch stream where he watched twilight and i'm like oh, oh baby. do you really yes it's coming back baby it's twilight season and then also um what's her face stephanie meyer Right, that's her name? Yes. The, the famous, amazing Mormon woman who tells us her weird fantasies on in a book and now a movie. And um, she's not yeah. problematic at all. So she wrote, she finally released the book Midnight Sun during mm -hmm. the pandemic, which is supposed to be from Edward Cullen's perspective. And apparently it's a lot more fun because half the book is just him trying not to eat her face. That's, you know what? I don't read very well, but I might have to read it. I mean, it's young adult, so I imagine it's easy, right? Like it's my level of comprehension. <laughs> no, don't. <laughs> and I was thinking about how like so many other books that sort of reached this level of, I mean, nothing has reached this level of height, but there are other books for young adults that have become very popular, like Aragon, The Hunger Games, yeah, The Lovely Bones, which is such a weird movie adaptation, but nothing with the K-pop sensation level of fandom as the Twilight series. And then the ripoff, uh, Fifty Shades of Grey, which was just a fan fiction, right. weird, creepy fan fiction, which is like... Here's what I'll say. Um, on this series, we're going to not only talk about the movies, 
but kind of look at how it was in the in the time they came out and how much because it got a lot of hate as much as there was love there was a lot of hate a lot of hate and i raised the question was it worth it because i grew up watching friday 13th movies i made this point to you and i Mm -hmm. recently watched Lindsay ellis that's her name right formerly nostalgia chick uh did an essay about you know talking about the hatred this franchise received when in all honesty there's been dumb problematic action movies horror movies and just relationships in general portrayed on screen that never got the level of hate that twilight did so we're gonna look at it through that lens and be like hey maybe this you know we could back off a little bit here but then like as we joked Mm -hmm. before there's plenty of problematic shit that still happens right exactly i tried to get away from it i think if you were a teenager when this came out you either loved it or you wanted to be against it yeah those were the only two choices really Mm -hmm. and i feel like now we're at a point where we could at least say this wasn't that good but you know what it made people happy that's fine i thought that us getting pumped up for it would make me like it more and i was still like this is just a bad movie. I mean, Tom, the movie starts with a deer running in the woods. It's a minute into the film. Yeah. And I press pause and there's already a goof on the screen. Mm-hmm. They I, just started the movie messing up already. I laughed so hard when what is that it's random so random no name vampire jumps out and grabs a deer and I'm like, this is and then that's the most action that'll happen for like forty minutes. Yeah. Like nothing happens for 40 minutes. No. And then also like the main characters, Bella and Edward, Mm -hmm. talk at such a monotone decibel. They sound like an SAT proctor proctor, or one of the stewardess who is telling you the safety guidelines for being on a plane. Yeah. They just talk throughout the entire movie like this. And they say things like, Oh, wow. Oh, no. And there's like nothing changes. Nothing changes at all. They hear somebody died and they're like, oh, my God, that's so scary. And it's like, what is it? I need you to stay away from me. (laughs) But why? I can't resist you. Oh, no, he doesn't even say I need you to stay away from me. He says it'd be smart of you to stay away from me. And it's like, that's well, that's right. insulting. Cause then does that mean if she's, if she stays with him, that she's stupid. Everything he says is insulting to her. Oh, they boy. can try a little harder to be normal too. Like they don't try to fit in. No. Um, they have funny no thing. social skills. I like both of these, both of them. Um, why am I drawing a blank? Uh, Robert Pattinson and Kristen Stewart. I like them both now. They've done really good right. in Hollywood and in indie films especially. But there are some mm-hmm. indie films that get like praised that she's in when her performance is kind of the same as it was in Twilight. Right. Like she like she is a good actress, like really good. But I think that she carries that performance into other movies, but the, because they're like a French indie film, they get celebrated. And I'm like, uh, she was doing this in Twilight. I just watched it on Blu-ray. I remember I bought this on Blu-ray and I texted you. I'm like, I just bought Twilight on Blu-ray. And you're like, yeah, but they're all for free on Amazon. And I said, yeah. 
Whoops. Yep. I'm the proud owner of the first Twilight movie on Blu-ray. They spend so much time just being weird. Mm-hmm. Like, they are weird. And everyone is like, oh, they stick to themselves. They're so pale. They look older than every other teenager there. Like, nobody has said anything about, like, that guy's been working as a doctor for a while now. Why hasn't he aged at all? Like, Very nobody says anything time. like that. Nope. And, and then also... Like, they just roll into the cafeteria being all whimsical. They don't look like teenagers. At this point, they could say they're college students and then just never attend a college course. No. <laughs> oh, my God. This movie. Would you like to read the summary? Yes. All right. Twilight. Twilight. Book written by Stephanie Meyer back in 2005, I want to say. Young adult vampire. You know what's weird is that this also wasn't the first of its kind. I remember in middle school somebody saying, oh, Tom, you might like this book called Blood and Chocolate, which I think precedes um, Twilight. It's another similar thing about, but it's not vampires, it's werewolves. A young paranormal romance about werewolves so like the idea was already there and then for some reason in 2005 twilight just kind of blew up like twilight blew up and then that's when we get to the 2008 film twilight starring robert pattinson and and kristen stewart and the Mm -hmm. quick summary that i have here for twilight sorry i'm pulling up my cheat sheet i'm talking about how much i love this movie and i still need to pull up a cheat sheet all right (laughs) Here is the one-sentence plot line for Twilight. <clears throat> Bella Swan moves to Forks and encourages Edward Cullen, a gorgeous boy with a secret. Oh, I read that entirely wrong. Let me do it from the top. <laughs> Bella Swan moves to Forks and encounters Edward Cullen, a gorgeous boy with a secret. That's pretty much the movie. I mean, like, the, the conflict doesn't get introduced until, like, the last ten minutes or so of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And also, um, I don't know. It's, it's such a silly movie, Tom. Yes, I know. There's I'm nothing. Not you know me, though. I love these bad movies. Like, watching this as an adult felt like watching if someone gave Neil Breen a Hollywood budget. Because it's that level of performance, yeah. dialogue, acting, but it's shot relatively well, even though everything's got a blue filter on it. Like the whole movie's just blue. Even when you see her in Arizona, because she starts with Bella Swan in Arizona, her crazy hippy dippy mom just decides to get up and leave, and she goes to move with her dad, who lives in Forks somewhere. What is it, Washington, I think? Washington. Washington. Yeah, but they shoot it in Portland, Oregon. Oh. Um, and then, like, that's where her life picks up, in small town Washington, where nothing bad could happen, but there's also a clan of vampires, and then a clan of werewolves, which aren't in this movie yet. We see them, but they're not werewolves, so we can't talk about the werewolves yet. Uh, this movie stars Kristen Stewart, Robert Pattinson, Sarah Clark, Matt Bushell, Billy Burke, Taylor Lautner, Justin Chan, Michael Welch. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Dad. Billy Burke, he's probably the best character in the movie. 
I love him. Shout out to dads who try. And also Anna Kendrick, because it's like, she's reading from a completely different script the entire movie. Oh, yeah. Bella will just, like, twitch her lips or bite them or whatever she does, and then Anna Kendrick will be like, ha yeah, that's so funny. And it's like, <laughs> what, what are you even talking about? That's so funny. I don't understand how these people who are normal teenagers decide Bella is their friend because she makes it seem like she wants nothing to do with them. Oh, yeah. And then also, like, they just go along with it. Like, she just sits there and she doesn't say anything. And then they're like, okay, Bella, we'll see you at the restaurant. And it's like, wait, how does she have these friends? Also, all the guys fell in love with Bella. All of them. They all fall in love with her. Yeah. And then, like, but it's like, and then they end up dating the other girls around them as, like, they settle like oh i guess i'll date you and it's like are you what yes yeah. i always thought that, that, that i thought that was kind of weird like all these relationships formed out of these boys being rejected by bella so they settle for yeah. like in all regards much more charismatic and interesting personalities yeah it was so strange how they were all into her and then also like um you know, when they have the first death, I think it is, or like at the beginning of the movie, the dad is like, oh, there was an animal attack. And she's like, an animal? And he says, like, you're not in Arizona anymore. And it's like, wait, they have animals in Arizona. Uh, Arguably more deadly, deadly animals in Arizona. Yeah, they have coyotes, they have spiders, they have snakes they have to worry about. Like, the whole Bella just being plopped into Washington, the way that they approach it, like, her falling in love, like, the guys falling in love with her, her never seeing an animal before, apparently. Like, all of it is just so strange to me. I feel like if we pulled up a list of deadly creatures in Arizona versus Washington, I feel like Arizona would have it beat. Because in Arizona, you got to worry about, like, like, we take for granted we could just slip on our shoes and that's it. In Arizona, you mm-hmm. can't do that. Right. You have to, like, check for scorpions or snakes or a spider. And that's just, like, small-time things that'll kill you. Like you said before, they have coyotes. Right. They have rattlesnakes. They have every fucking... Oh, but she never. But she's never encountered a bear before. And the bear, yeah. you know, yeah. there's a, could be a bear or a wolf. Like, see, it's, it's, it's foreshadowing for what's going to come. Of Wolfman, <laughs> which I mean I can't complain about it yet. We haven't gotten to that movie yet, but because we have introduced in this movie is Taylor Lautner as Jacob, which I think someone pointed out to me that he's not even native, like he has no background, Native American background, like at all. Well, that's another thing too. Is so much of this movie heavily relies on like Native American folklore. I looked up vampiric folklore. I couldn't find anything. On Native American folklore. So this is all just BS that Stephanie Meyer has made up, which is a common criticism for the movie and the series. Um, I was going to add something about vampire folklore. but Oh, so like the thing is, the stuff that Bella's looking up where it says like vampires, blood, that's all stuff that already existed on Wikipedia. It's not like she stumbled upon something fantastic and she looks at it like she's never seen this information before. Yeah. Also, to comment on the vampire lore in this movie, it's weird because if you look at it objectively, remove the whole romance thing out of it, 
If you looked mm-hmm. at the rules of the vampires in this movie, they are arguably the most powerful type of vampire to ever be written in fiction. Because, like, maybe it's just because I just came off of watching Angel and revisiting some Buffy. And, like, there are problems there we can address. Like, those problems that exist in Twilight do exist in Buffy. And maybe Buffy gets a pass because it's a, you know, Joss Whedon, you know, nerd love Joss Whedon, you know, sort of. It is better written. It's a little more critical of itself. But there's the problems still exist. But, like, in that folklore they fall vampires have to be welcomed and you can't just walk in uh there's mm-hmm. no reflection in the mirror they get staked to the heart they're dead and when they feast they like transform they can't hide who they are right in twilight right. the worst of it is they sparkle in the sunlight they don't evaporate in the sunlight like they do in every other piece of literature they literally just right. sparkle um you can't pierce them to the heart they have to have they have to be decapitated Right, and then their bodies have to be burned apart separately. Yeah, and then they have, like, superhuman strength, superhuman hearing, superhuman speed. It's like, and I think, I, but so it's like, on, on paper, these are the most powerful beings to ever exist. And it's like, right. we're playing right. it like, and he's like, we have to keep our secret. I'm like, you know, if you went out in the sun and sparkled, First thing that comes to most people's mind is not vampire. Also, maybe if you don't want people to know that you sparkle in the sunlight, then maybe you shouldn't have a house with glass walls on it. Yeah, the giant ass glass the house. The house is made of glass. <laughs> okay, so we were talking about the difference between like Buffy, like vampire relationships in Buffy, and then the <laughs> vampire relationships in Twilight. Yeah, like, that's a theme I do want to touch a little bit more upon, but ultimately, you can make the argument that Buffy handles it better, and being a TV show, there it does to, you know, it absolutely does handle it better, but they're still, like, how old's Buffy? Like, 16? Right. And Angel's, like, 400? Right. And he's also just a brooding, big, handsome man who totally. keeps- who keeps ghosting her, which, I mean... Maybe who also never... has a lot of hair. Yeah. Yes. I mean, at least they give him fangs. That was the funniest thing to me about the vampires in Twilight. They don't have fangs. <laughs> but they do that weird, like, hissy thing. They're like... <sighs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I do like... I mean, obviously, I'm gonna like the relationship between Buffy and Angel a lot more. And maybe that's because, like, you get more time with the characters to do that but then as i say that i feel like that already ruins the point of twilight because the whole point of twilight is building their relationship yeah. up well like at least in buffy it's tragic like spoilers if you haven't seen buffy i'm so sorry it's what a 20 something year old show if you haven't watched buffy yet i don't know what you're doing during quarantine yeah so it's tragic because in order for like her to like there is this cool metaphor of the vampires never aging because mm-hmm. Angel, I mean, it's already a bad, you know, not bad, but it, it is. It's a older man engaging with a younger girl at her like prime of innocence. But mm-hmm. as she grows and matures, she's no longer, it's no longer compatible. Mm-hmm. And I think that is reflected in a lot of real life relationships. Whereas you have the counterpoint in Twilight where, 
Which it's interesting because they do bring it up, and I maybe because I watch New Moon, and this gets talked about a lot in New Moon. She has this overall anxiety of her own aging because he's like, he physically looks like what twenty five, Edward right. Cullen, not <laughs> a sixteen year old, not he a sixteen not, year old. He does not look like a sixteen year old. He looks twenty five, but he's gonna forever look twenty five. Right. And she's gonna eventually age, and mm-hmm. mortality is very real to her, and I think. That is a theme that does get explored in both. Buffy does it a little better, I'm just going to say. But <laughs> still, that, that it's inevitable that these themes get explored. But we're talking about Twilight. Maybe I'm going too far off topic. We are talking about Twilight, and we need to talk about the funny bits. Because they meet. He's brooding. Yep. Well, what is it? She comes from Arizona. I mean, I talked about it before. She comes from Arizona because her hippy-dippy mom leaves with yep. another man named Phil. Can I tell you something? I completely forgot throughout the entire timeline of this series that there is a mom. Yeah. You could have told me she was dead and I would have believed you. I Who thought she tell- was. Right. <laughs> Who tells her way down later in the, in, line, in the line, like, who tells the mom that she died during childbirth and becomes a vampire? There's no greeting card for that. Well, if there's any mom to tell, it's the hippy-dippy mom who runs off with a minor league softball player. Right. That not that what he is? He's like a minor league softball player. Oh, I don't even know. I figured their characters don't even matter. So I didn't, you know, take they, in any information about them. They don't, but I observed it. And I was like, wait a minute, what? He's a minor league softball player? And she's leaving her home in Arizona and abandoning her daughter. That's, that's another thing I, f- I kind of feel bad for Bella about. Her whole life is just her being abandoned. I don't know. Because it also seems like she's spent so much time with her mom that she has an aversion to making a relationship with her dad. And also, I have to say that despite the parents being separated, they're very on par with each other. They keep each other up to date. She had an accident. She almost got hit by a car. And then she gets a phone call from her mom. And she's like, oh, dad, why did you tell her? And it's like, because that's what you should do as a parent. You have to be on the same page. Uh, we're your parents? Yeah. So despite like them being separated, I think that they actually do a pretty good job as separated parents. Yeah, I mean, they do a good job. And it's just, it's apparent that all, he just wants to live in this nice, cute town, which honestly, I do love watching the town. The town looks really, I want to live in that town. Unless sure. it's racist, then I don't want to live there. Sure. But, and he just wants to live there, go fishing with his boys, and eat cheeseburgers. Grab a cold one, maybe. Grab a cold one. Like, yeah. I, I'm walking there, I'm like, why? Well, that's the life I want to live. I think it's funny that... There is an actual town of Forks, Washington. They did not shoot the movie in because they shot it no. in Portland, like we've mentioned. Mm-hmm. But the town of Forks has completely converted like most of the town into a Twilight Museum. Yeah, matter of fact, there's a shirt that says, Welcome to Fork. I kind of want it. You kind of want that shirt. I kind of want that shirt. <laughs> um, so I mentioned to you that I wrote down all of um, Edward's most romantic lines that he says to Bella throughout the movie and by romantic I mean awful I am going to love this the the first one that I that I wrote down from when she has her car accident which still doesn't 
like structurally makes sense to me as an event that happened in the movie, but fine. He says, no one's going to believe you. It's like, okay, that's a weird thing to say to somebody. Mm. And yesterday, and we talked about how he says, like, oh, if you were smart, you'd, you'd stay away from me. And she might as well be like, guess I'm an idiot then. And he's like, no, I didn't mean it like that. But then, like, also Bella says something really stupid when Edward tells her that um, one of the other vampires can, like, read things coming in the future. And Bella's like, I bet she saw me coming. Girl, get out of here. It's not all about you. It's not all about you. I think the vampire that could see into the future, that's Alice, I think. Oh, that's her name. Yeah, because she's my favorite vampire. Of course she is. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, you don't like Jackson Rathbone's weird lizard stare? Oh, man. I'm looking at pictures. No, she's my favorite vampire. I'm just saying it. I kind of liked Nikki Reed, though, because she actually had some emotion there. That's true. Yeah. That's true. I mean, it was anger. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. No, I'm I'm interested in seeing more of Alice in the next movies. Like, I think this movie, just its biggest problem with pacing is that there's just so much of the book and this thing that they're trying to force happen, where in a book you have more time to build up to it gradually. So it's just weird all around. Is there a significance? Maybe I'm jumping too far. Do you remember the bit where he's being a piece of shit to her the whole time? Which there's one scene in particular we need to focus on. We need to put our magnifying glasses on for this one scene. And it is the funniest scene in the whole fucking movie. But this maybe jumps a little forward. After he's like avoiding her, not talking to her, out of nowhere she drops a green apple. He bounces off his foot and catches it. Is there significance to that? Because I know that that's like the cover of the book. Once I saw him holding the apple in that weird way that he does, there was like a sensory memory that was triggered in me of all these bad Twilight tattoos of Edward Cullen holding an apple like that. (laughs) I don't know why that is... Like, what is that supposed to symbolize? I don't know. Maybe we need to study the Mormon texts. Maybe. And I couldn't stop staring at Robert Pattinson's tweezed eyebrows. Because <laughs> back then I was like, okay, this is what this guy looks like. And now that years have passed, I'm like, something's wrong with his face. This isn't what Robert Pattinson looks like. And then I realized, oh my God, they tweezed those precious lions that sit on top of his face. Oh, I, I looked it up. Yeah. Uh, the apple represents the forbidden fruit from the book of Genesis. Is Twilight just all about sex? Or the I lack think thereof? It's about not having sex till you're married. I think that's ultimately what it's about. Because you got to think, this is from the perspective of a Mormon woman. I think my favorite text I sent to you is, I think Twilight is from the perspective of a Mormon woman on what she thinks and understands pornogra- pornography is about. Right. So for her, this is... I've also fallen down the rabbit hole recently of, of learning, not reading, but learning about erotic fiction. What did you um, learn, Tom? It's disgusting. Yeah, sure. Like, to each their own, and I'm not one to judge. I'm, I'm a weird individual, but um, I had 
I think it's, I guess it's great and progressive to see women write such disgusting, vile things on paper. Yeah, I mean, there's so much fi- fan fiction in Tumblr. Oh, that's usually where it stems from, yeah. Tumblr. I feel like um, Supernatural is a big one. Oh, that's the one that was being talked about. Yeah. There's like a whole universe of just like shoot off <laughs> yeah shoot off supernatural because it's also very much usually male on male right a lot of times like that there i don't know what the fascination is with straight women and men fucking other men i mean all i'm all about it go for it do what you got to do but i'm just i was like i don't know it's oh the omega verse that's what it's called oh okay <laughs> the omega verse is like this fan fiction universe of just really intense gratuitous sex between fictional characters of different fandoms and i think it starts from supernatural i mean that would make a lot of sense supernatural has had like 15 years on air yeah so it starts when like girls are in elementary school middle school and they're still going into their college years And there's something about the supernatural, I mean, I think because, like, those figures and those creatures are something we just have all grown up with, and part of those creatures, like, part of their ability is to be seductive. Yeah. And it's meant to seduce you. Yes. That's also, like, leading into the whole seduction, sex equals evil Mm -hmm. connotation in the Bible and in these stories. I mean, like, it, even, especially with the vampire itself, the vampire in any, and I think in most, at least in um, Western understanding, has always had some sexual element to it. Mm-hmm. Even when you look back at, like, Nosferatu, I mean, Count Olak is this ugly-ass monster. I'm saying Olak because technically it's not Dracula because of copyright reasons. But there is this level of seduction where he stalks at night he creeps into the room and there is this morbid curiosity from the victims. And that implies this kind of sexual undertone. And then you get to Bela Lugosi Dracula, Mm -hmm. where, I mean, they literally just picked up this Eastern European man with a very slick look in his eyes. And then we get to, I mean, you fast forward, you get to Buffy. I mean, Buffy, the vampires are still like monsters, but you know, right. Angel coming in and just being like, I could be your hero. I love Angel. I don't know why I'm shit talking David Borneyarn, but uh, what's his name? Borneyes. Borneyes. Yeah. I love him. But he is very, uh, very broody mm-hmm. in Buffy. I mean, I wonder if she did like specifically watch Buffy and was like, "Hmm, what's sex like?" And then I think it's exact. That's exactly how it happened. What yeah. is sex like? What is sex like? And she was watching Buffy and saw Angel and his hair. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Oh, also, <laughs> do you remember the bit where yeah. she's in the forest and she starts telling him about the Wikipedia pages that she looked up? <laughs> and he's like, you have to say it. Say yeah, that's a, is that like a kink that he has that he needs her to say it? It's like, do we need to address this? Probably. And then he's like ripping apart a tree and he's like, I am faster than anything. I am stronger than anything. And I'm like, what is this weird monologue that is happening? 
This isn't natural. Oh, and the fact that, like, he looks, like, uncomfortable in every scene he's in. Yeah. Like, he's always looking like he's in, he's got some type of abdominal pain. Or, like, yeah. someone's just kicked him in the balls. Some sort of, like, gastro. Yeah. Intra-intestinal issue. He's always, I mean, is it time to talk about the scene? Do you know what scene I'm talking about? Which one? All right, I'll, I'll set the scene. Science lab. Okay. Edward Cullen is sitting by himself at the lab. We talked about this a little bit yesterday, but it never gets enough attention. Bella walks into class. Even though the movie was not shot with the appropriate frames to do this, they slow down the scene. Which, Mm -hmm. that's a common thing in this movie. They do slow-mo shots. But they didn't film it with the right frame rate to do it correctly, so it just looks bad. So she walks into the class, and there's actually a fan behind her. Like, a literal big fan. This is something that, like, you know, you watch a movie, Can't Hardly Wait, and, you know, and it's kind of a trope, and it's a a funny bit, but they usually don't have the fan in the shot. This movie just leaves the fan in the shot, and it blows her, like, scent at him, and he's like, ugh. And then I jizz in my pants. pants. And this entire exchange is one of the funniest things I've ever seen in cinema because it really is somebody who doesn't understand. It's so awkward. It's such a weird scene. Male horniness. Writing a scene entirely about male horniness, but doing it through the guise of, oh no, he wants to eat her. Also, the whole scene didn't need the literal fan they're in washington it rains a lot they can just say guys i know it's raining outside but let's open a window and get some fresh air in here and then like yeah also why does a science lab have a giant fan in the door i don't know because it's definitely not hot it looks gray and cold and sad they don't need a fan because they don't have ac it's also blowing in the classroom, not out. Like yeah. some people, you could say like, oh, you know, if there's a, something goes off, they need to, you know, they need a fan to prevent the fire alarms from going off. Yeah, but then you wouldn't have it blowing inside the classroom. Yeah, that, the whole scene is so silly. I kept picturing it as him being like, here are the class notes. What? I said I don't want to eat what's in your throat. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it's just so insane the whole edward's whole way of presenting information to bella throughout the entire movie doesn't make any sense no and um do we have some classical lines from this scene i think he breaks a pencil i don't have any i don't have any lines written down for this one i think because i was just so distracted by the face he was making oh that face who the hell makes that face? Somebody had to direct him to make that face. The facial topography of Robert Pattinson's face is so fascinating to me. Because there are just all these like ridges and curves. And then he makes that face. And then you're just like, what is even happening here? <laughs> that is a very fair question. Like, what is happening here? Yeah. And then he just doesn't show up. Like, he leaves. He's not in class anymore. He tries to... He makes it abundantly clear that she's the reason he's... I like that, too. I mean, not like that. It's funny, too. He immediately makes it known that she's the reason he doesn't want to be in class anymore. And she's still, like... 
So mysterious, I must know more about this man who is trying to avoid me at all costs. Right, he'll be like, I actively hate you, I don't want to be anywhere near you. By the way, I want to be near you. All the time. Because, like, he's not in class, he tries to switch the class, and then he, he's gone for a few weeks, and then he comes back, and then he apologizes, he goes, I'm sorry, I got sick. <laughs> you can't get sick. You're a, You're vampire. a vampire. Vampires can't get sick. You're already sick. That's part of the program. Also, if you notice throughout the movie, there are several times where you can see Kristen Stewart is wearing knee pads underneath her skinny jeans. Is it because she falls a lot? She They have her fall so many times. And it's like never... <laughs> it's never natural. Like no, she'll it always... be totally fine and then all of a sudden she's down. What? Boom. They keep, you know, they keep comparing her to like a deer or a lamb. If she's a deer, it's like, you know, she's just a newborn deer who has to learn how to walk to survive and just can't figure it out. Well, do you remember the bit where they go on that field trip to the greenhouse? She she falls there. Yeah, she's not doing anything. They're walking in the space where you're supposed to walk. And then she's like, oh, and then he's like right there. And he's chastising her for falling. Oh, do you remember the bit where he's once she discovers he's a vampire, he starts running through the woods with her and he goes, hold on, spider monkey. Do you remember the bit where when he's holding her and he's weirdly running with her on his back, her hair is not moving in the wind <laughs> at no, all? No, it's not. No. That's when they needed the fan. That's when they That's needed the fan. Need the fan. And they never use it. It's so bad. Um, I don't know. I guess, like, I thought that being more open to Twilight this time around and trying not to be as judgmental would mean I would see a little bit more of, like, what people enjoy out of this. But just as a movie, it's still done pretty badly. No, it's a bad movie. Yeah. And that's the weird thing. Like, maybe I'm jumping ahead. I've started watching the second one, mm-hmm. and it it shot and looks better. Like, it, the color mm. grading makes a lot more sense. It looks like a better movie. But it's. I think it then it suffers that it's more boring. Yeah. Like, sorry to give an announcement to the second movie. Plot but yeah, twist. It's so much more boring than the first one. I would love to revisit the first one. It is a fun time. It is. I think I put it best on it. it. It's like a Neil Breen movie with a like a Hollywood budget. Yeah, it is like strangely paced. And even like the music, it's not that it's bad music. It's all music that I do actually kind of like or have listened to in the past. I mean, Muse makes yeah. an appearance with Supermassive Black Hole. But the part all the way at the end, too, when they're dancing, they start playing Iron and Wine. And I get that it has, like, the feel for what they're doing, but it still just doesn't fit. Like, the pacing of it just doesn't match the scene. Why have I heard of Iron and Wine before? They do a cover of Such Great Heights for the Garden State soundtrack. Okay. And um, the song that's in the movie, Twilight, is actually... I would say their most popular song, "Flightless What's Bird." What's it called again? Oh no! Now I know why. I, know I think why. I think you know why. I think I can figure it out. It's not the first one either. It's the last one. Yep. Oh God! I knew it was one of them. 
It was the mo it was the last one. It had to be one of them. <laughs> let's talk about the baseball scene. Yeah, let's talk about the baseball scene. That scene was fun. Also, the way that they were shooting the vampires, like, in their scenes, I was very confused. Like, it looked like they had always two extra vampires in the back. Mm-hmm. But then when they would show where everyone was placed, it wouldn't match up with what they were doing with the overall, like, larger shot. Yeah. So that was confusing. Um, and also, like, Jackson Rathbone is just so strange to me. Yeah. He's got a weird career. It's this and then Sokka in the live action Last Avatar movie. Oh, the Last no. Airbender. Yeah. Oh, man. And in that movie, he also equally just stares. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, because in this movie, he's like, what, the he's the newbie? I guess so. He's the newbie and he just stares off and he's like, hello, it's nice to meet you. Meat. I won't eat meat. You. meat. <laughs> yeah, because he's have he has the issue where he he can't control himself like the others do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he doesn't really do much. So then, with the baseball scene, I do like that. Like their mom or their mom figure, kind of tries to be very maternal still. Mm-hmm. It's just strange to me how they all just sort of have accepted that. Edward likes this human, and they're just trying to act like, oh, it's just like a normal family gathering, bringing our son's girlfriend with us to this fun family event. Oh, oh no, those people want to kill her. Okay, get her away right now. Everyone's cool with it, except for, like, Rosalie. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, remember that bit where they bring her to dinner? And she's like, why Bella? First of all, this pissed me off about Bella, but then again, I know someone who would do this. She knows she's going to a dinner, mm-hmm. but she eats beforehand, shows up as they're making dinner and goes, I I, I'm not, I already ate. I don't need to eat. And then Rosaline crushes this glass bowl of salad and goes, fine. It's just fine. I kind of like Rosalie because at least she's I, showing some emotion in this movie. That's my like me looking back on experiences I've had and been like, I wish I acted more like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like. Like, you knew you were coming to a dinner. Like, I get it. Some people have dietary restrictions or whatnot, but you know people are making this whole meal for you. And they're vampires, so they don't have to make food. This is, like, new for them, and they're going out of their way to make you dinner. And you're going to be like, Mom, I had, I, I just had a baked potato, so I'm not hungry for the rest of the week. Does Kristen Stewart ever say a line in this movie where it is just a full sentence with no ums or uh or like facial twitches in it at all no it's all that right every every moment has that but yeah i wrote that down in my notes too there was no communication about these plans for dinner no there is not like oh okay it's fine well we were just making italian like it was just like such strange like pairing it's like that moment in in room with Tommy Wiseau, where he goes to the florist and he's like, oh, hello. Oh, these are beautiful flowers today. Like, it just it was such a strange way to I'm set saying. up a scene. Yeah. This movie is the room. It, this movie is Fateful Findings, just mm-hmm. with a bigger budget and prettier looking people. Yeah. It is the same level of writing. <laughs> it's the same level of emoting. 
It's just got a tremendous budget, comparatively speaking. Oh, and then also at one point when he goes to her room, he tells her something. They're talking about something when it comes to, like, being inside the room. And he's like, I could also make you. Oh. It's like, okay, okay. Why would you just say that? Oh, because dancing. She That's doesn't dance. She doesn't dance. She's like, you know, I can't d- 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 dance. And he goes, well, I couldn't make you dance. Yeah, he says some really romantic things, like calling her stupid. I could make you. <laughs> I watch you in your sleep. It's so fascinating. For months, mind you, for months. Yeah. He's been watching her sleep for months. It's so strange. And then also just like how quickly they go from that baseball scene. Like she's with his family they go play baseball, and then, uh-oh, shit gets serious with the bad vampires who are just sort of, like, wandering around for most of the movie. They're just, like, dirty Abercrombie and Fitch models. Yeah, yeah. The Barefoot Vampire Clan. Because that's, like, that's how they find them. They find, like, in the woods just tracks of, like, footprints in the woods, and they're like, they're here. Right. It's like, what about being a rogue vampire means you gotta look like a barefoot Agrobrakami and Fitch model. Right, with like a fluffy jacket and like the big red hair and then Cam Gigandet isn't wearing a t-shirt. No, he's not. I do like the guy who tries to warn them. He's like, listen, I want nothing to do with this, uh, but they're not okay with it. Yeah. So I, I like that he like tries to help them. But... I don't know. It just, it escalates so quickly and I still haven't had time to establish like care or concern for these people. Yeah, Because the conflict, well, that's the thing. You say, it's that's the irony of this. The conflict doesn't even get introduced until like 40 minutes in. Yeah. And yet we still don't feel like we know or care about anybody. Right. They have more than enough time to establish some sense of character, but we don't. So when the conflict happens, it's like, oh, what? We're at, wow, that's, we're 40 minutes in. Right. Instead of building character, they just have more slow, monotone dialogue. I'm waiting for them to say, like, you need to have two number, number two pencils on your desk. If you don't have a calculator, we will lend you one. (laughs) Oh, my God. And then, so this whole bit happens. Um, oh, we completely forgot that Taylor Lautner's in the movie. Jacob's in the movie. I think we mentioned Taylor Lautner yesterday when we started talking about it. We did, but like, he has some scenes that are foreshadowing. Because he's the one that says, my clan is rumored to come from wolves. Get it? Werewolves? But then he's like, and we made a pact with the Collins to share the land and that we wouldn't and then, like, without the con, like, I think we're spoiled with the context of knowing that the Collins are vampires and that these, that Jacob comes from werewolves. Mm-hmm. But if somebody you like in just real life, just in real life, you met a person, and he goes, "Oh yeah, my family has a pact with that family to never interfere with each other, and we leave each other alone." Part of me has to think. What the fuck happened? <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, I want that story. That is some intense, like, like, and that doesn't raise a red flag to her at all. Like, because I don't think by this point she knows that Collins are vampires. And right. she just has to listen to Jacob say, like, yeah, his family's been here forever and we have a pack with them to leave each other alone and they don't come on our land. I'm like, 
what's the history here? I know, the way that they just sort of, like, drop Native American, quote-unquote, history or story in this is just so bizarre. It's just as bad as Long Island being like, by the way, uh, Native Americans, thank you so much for the land. Here's a Native American statue right over here. Yep, we did the thing. We acknowledged your existence. It's just so strange. Well, you have to think, this is written by a Mormon woman, which I don't mean to keep shitting on Mormonism. It's fine. You know, I'm not trying to shit on any beliefs, but this is a belief system that says that Jesus and angels came here from, came from America and that there was an ancient species of white people that coexisted with the brown people. <laughs> so, so her understanding of Native American history, sexuality... And colonialism is going to be very skewed in a very right. weird direction. Right. She has a very specific perspective on life because of how she was raised. And now she has to, she doesn't have to, nobody forced her to. But now she's writing books on things that she knows nothing about and is using her skewed perspective to try to understand how those other it would be like if I wrote a book about what it's like to live in China after World War II. And it's also a romantic coming-of-age story. Right. So if I wrote a romantic coming-of-age story about two young people in China after World War II, I'm not meant to do that. It shouldn't be me. Um, I don't know who should be writing Twilight, but... You know, if you're going to use so much Native American folklore, at least try to have it. Like, do a little bit of research. Yeah, I think it blew my mind when I found out. Because, like, I don't know. Like, I think we just came from an era of just assuming things. But, like, when I found out Taylor Lautner has no Native American heritage in him, I was just like, I think that's... Is, I'm like, wow. Like, so they selected him just because he sort of looks Native American? Because he's like, tan, what? Tom. He's, I know. He was Shark Boy. Because colorism. He was a shark man. I think my favorite depiction of what it's like to be Native American has always been in Parks and Rec. Yes. Because they, you know, I love the scene where Leslie Nope is asking them, okay, can you quote unquote bless this county fair and then he's doing what seems to a bunch of white people in indiana like he's doing this magnificent ritual and then the subtitles to say i'm saying nothing i'm saying nothing nothing (laughs) nothing nothing it's so perfect and i think that's the same level of understanding that stephanie myers brings to native american characters in twilight yes yeah (sighs) (laughs) i don't know i mean is there anything else that you want to add on this the movie ends let's talk about the conclusion because there's a big action-packed scene at the end where another thing about the vampire lore that gets completely scrapped in this movie is that he has a reflection because they do that trope where like the room is full of mirrors because it's like her old dance studio right and she's like, oh, no, I can't tell which one is which. It's like, yes, you can. Yeah. Like, you could clearly tell which one's him. But then I was like, wait a minute. So that's another rule that they bent. Like, traditionally, vampires don't have reflections, and here he does. And I'm just kind of like, so they're strong. They're just as strong as, like, let's say, an angel vampire from Buffy. Right. 
but they don't explode in the sun. You can't stake them in the heart. They have reflections. And in order to defeat them, you must dismember them and light them on fire. How have they not just taken over the world? They're clearly the superior being. Right. And also, the whole time that she's on the floor and she's in pain, she's like, oh my god, and they all come in and they rip his head off and they're tearing it apart and they're burning it. It's always just like in the background of just watching Kristen Stewart like yeah. blink furiously and I'm like wait no no I want the screen on that I want to know what's happening in the background that's so much yeah. more interesting yeah because that's when my girl Alice comes in and <laughs> takes care of everything because she's the best vampire I, I stand for her I think she does more in some of the later movies I think that they actually mm-hmm. take advantage of her vision powers a little bit more yes she loves Bella she loves Bella almost more than Edward she loves Bella like a pet in a weird way. Like, she's just like, oh, look at this cute little dog that I have. Come here. You know what? That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> so that's when the movie wraps. And no, because then he's, she's on her, she's on a hospital bed. Mm-hmm. Edward's there. He's pretending to sleep because he don't sleep. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you have to go to Phoenix. You can't be around me. I'm going to hurt you. And she's like, no. And then they have the dance at the prom, and then they levitate, I think? Or am I imagining they levitated? No, I know what you're talking about. I'm pretty sure they're on a rotary, like some sort of rotating device, because Mm. they stop moving like normal people do when they're dancing. Um, But yeah, I mean, the whole their whole dynamic makes no sense, because the whole time he's like... I want to be with you. Get the fuck away from me or else I'm going to slit your throat. And then she's like, I can't be without you. And it's like, wait, when did you have time to get here to this point in your relationship? And she becomes like obsessively in love with him. And I don't get how or when that happened. It's never clear to me. Yeah. I mean, the trope nowadays is to immediately dismiss this and call it problematic. And that is a fair criticism. It is problematic. It is the romanticization of abusive relationships, the, you know, the, the clearly twisted and manipulative way in which he, because like, he's constantly like, you shouldn't be near me. But then he, then he stops her bedroom. Can't help but lust for her. And they give in to each other. And it's like, clearly there's a lot of issues here. But you know what? I think I said at the top, this is not the only thing that ever had this. And it's the one that got the most shit on. Right. When in reality, how much worse is like Game of Thrones? No, it's you're totally right. Significantly worse, but it gets praised. You're totally right. I... I'm, I'm not really on the Game of Thrones train. And we've talked about that before. But you're right. There's something about Twilight that does, aside from all of the bad acting and the bad movie making, like, it just has set itself up to be the punching bag. Yes. And there's and I think... nothing wrong with people liking this story exactly. other than just being aware. Like, this isn't how you should actually talk to people in a relationship. No, you should not. Yeah. But also, like, that's the thing. I, I had to think about it for myself. I'm like, 
do I watch Friday the 13th and take it as life lessons on how to behave in life? No. And it's like, I think, I don't know if I talked about it yesterday, but like, there's, I mean, Lindsay Ellis did an amazing breakdown of it because she criticizes the movie. She, and it's fair. Like our criticisms are completely valid. Yeah. We, you know, we started this episode talking about Lindsay yeah. Ellis. Yeah. So like our criticisms are completely valid and they're reasonable. But what was weird was when this, this property came out, it became such a punching bag. Like you either loved it or you absolutely despised it. And it was like the running joke. Like I remember jokes like like meme jokes like there was a keyboard and it was like how it keyboard with like sandal straps on it and it was like how stephanie meyer wrote twilight like ha 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 hilarious we get it. it's bad writing but like and when you look at the grand scheme of pop culture in general and how many other types of fiction have very similar themes and it's mm-hmm. like is the only reason Twilight got this much hate because we just kind of hate teenage girls? Like, Yeah, and I, I think also the rampant hype for the movie before the movie actually came out yeah. didn't help its case at all. Like, we wanted no. it to fail. We wanted it to not do well because we were just already so immersed with it before it even began. Yeah, and I mean like... It's an, I don't know, it's just interesting to me because there is like what would be like you can make the argument like, oh, this is this is popcorn movie for girls. It's like I'm enjoying the shit out of it, so I don't necessarily agree with that. But I get right. it. Its demographic was for teenage girls. Why does the critic there's not as much criticism for the popcorn movies made for teenage boys? Right. You know, like Fast and the Furious. That's another really stupid franchise. It amazes me how much actually people will sort of ironically be like oh man i freaking love fast and furious movies like there has kind of been a revitalized love for them i would say since the fifth movie and and now yeah like anything after the fifth movie people will be like god damn i love those movies but you don't exactly. have anybody being like yeah i freaking love those twilight movies no yeah Although, I think it's coming back. I really think we're going to have a nice, fresh perspective, and people are going to be like, this movie is hysterical, and we all need to watch it, and it is a fun, fun rampant time. I also just love how many times he talks about wanting to drink her blood and eat her, and she's like, I'm obsessed with you. You can't leave me. I'm not scared. And it's like, you're not a little bit scared. You you look scared a lot. She looks scared the whole movie. Yeah. She just is in a perpetual state of unease and uncomfortableness. Yeah. So at all times. I kind of don't believe that you're not afraid that he's going to eat you. Yeah. I I don't know if it ever gets explained. I don't think it does. But you know, True Blood, I know that people have kind of come back to it and been like, you know, it really wasn't actually that good. At least they had a reason for Suki being as special as she was. Okay. You know, there are different, um, like, vampire angel stories where the main girl is special because she's part angel or she's part fairy or she's actually a being that gets reincarnated multiple times and they always have this timeline. Like, there are plenty of stories like True Blood or Mortal Instruments that do actually give a reason for why the girl is special. Bella... They don't tell you anything. 
that is the interesting thing about it. Because, I mean, I think it's still, that still trope is still there. Like, Bella is mm -hmm. the one. She's the one that he can't read her mind, and he's overwhelmed and obsessed. But there's, like, no supernatural reason as to why. Like, right. even, like, when you think to Dracula, which is interesting when you compare the original Bella Lugosi Dracula to the the one with Gary Oldman as Dracula. Right. Um, wait, is that, what was that, Wyona Ryder, I think? In that story, she looks exactly like his former lover. And it's believed maybe she's a reincarnation of his former lover. So there's that element of like, okay, at least there's this like, he has this lost, lo like longing, pain, and lust, and love. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes her special. Right, same thing in Dark Shadows. Mm -hmm. She looks uncannily like his old love who died because she like killed herself on a cliff and he wants to protect her. Yeah. But they'd give you no reason for Bella. No. Yeah. And maybe, that you know, in a way, maybe that's what made it so appealing was that anybody could be Bella. Anybody could have delicious blood and can't have their thoughts read. I could be Bella. You could be Bella, Tom. I could be Bella. There are many times where I thought Taylor Lautner's hair just looked a lot nicer than Kristen Be and Kristen Stewart's hair. Yeah. Like... I think that, and I just mean this because I think her hair has a similar consistency to mine. So they try to like fluff it up and make it look big yeah. and voluptuous. And it's just not meant to be that. Do you know, was Taylor Lautner's hair real or is that a wig? That I don't know. Unconclusive. Ever since Ginger Snaps, I've been paying attention more and I'm like, I need to know. <laughs> You're looking for the wigs in movies? Yeah. I can't wait because I am going to bring up Ginger Snaps in our next episode when we talk right. about New Moon because werewolves. Right. Um, there's a hysterical scene where just like I don't want to talk too much about the next movie, but I hate the design of the werewolves. I really yeah. do. I mean, they're just big wolves. Right. Right. I'm trying to look for anything about the wig, but I don't if if it was a wig or if it was his hair. I want to say it was his his hair only because in the later movies he has his short hair, but I don't. I mean, that's not really a good reason to say it was his hair, so I'm not sure. Why? Okay, so I found this article from the Guardian, came out two years ago. It's called 10 Years of Twilight: The Extraordinary Feminist Legacy of the Panned Vampire Saga." <laughs> that's this is the first time I'm ever hearing it. I mean. To each their own, like, who am I to say? Because I wouldn't consider this a feminist piece of literature. But at the same time, like, I, I, I keep going back to this. But I watch I watch garbage slasher movies. Yeah. So I can't really say much. <laughs> um, I found on Access Hollywood, it was a wig. And okay. he said he couldn't wait to get rid of that thing. Because yeah, it was big. It was big. It was big and it looked itchy. Yeah. All right. Well, Tom, any... Final thoughts on our first entry into the very merry Twilight Christmas series. Um, I would say it's the perfect movie to watch this holiday season. Pandemic is out there. If you have a loved one, you know, sit together. If you if you're alone like me, just watch it by yourself <laughs> and enjoy enjoy. This fantastic, hilarious feature. You have to think about, okay, because in 2008, in the, the early 2010s, these movies were easy to shit on and hate. I want you to remove that from your mind and say, 
I'm going to watch something hysterical. Right. And sit down and watch as this masterpiece that this masterpiece that can only be compared to movies such as Fateful Findings by Neil Breen can bring to you this hilarious, ironic mess of a storyline. Um, it does capture some beautiful atmosphere. I do love the look of Fork, but um, it just enjoy, just en- just have fun and know that this is not what you should have in a relationship. Yeah. If you can just take apart, you know, not every rom-com that I grew up with is perfect either, you know? No. If you take apart what you like from it, then enjoy it. Yeah. Have fun. Um, I still don't necessarily like the vampire lore, but that's, that's no. what am I going to do about it now? Yeah, you can't do anything about that. It is so funny because they, they do the thing where they, they get all crouchy and they're like... <laughs> I know. But there's no fangs. It just looks like a bunch of weirdos. Right. And then also like their nails don't change or anything like that. I always liked that part about like Buffy and other vampire things is that their faces do change. Their looks start to change. Yeah. You know, know, and I think that the sexy vampire is done better and maybe like a movie like. Have you ever heard of Only Lovers Left Alive? You know, I've heard of that movie and I have not watched it just because of the mutual person in our past who you watched the Twilight movies with really wanted me to watch Only Lovers Left Alive, so I chose oh. not to. Well, okay, I'll say this. The only reason she watched it was because I told her to watch it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, that so, makes sense, too. Um, I knew about I it before re- it came out, but... It's a, it's a very slow movie. Mm-hmm. It's very stylistic, and I don't think it's for everybody. But I really liked it. The soundtrack is fucking great. Right. Uh, Anton Yelkin's in it, but as well as um Tom, Tom Hiddleston and Tilda Swinton, I believe. Yeah. Originally, it was supposed to be Michael Fassbender. Oh really? Yeah. You know who I could have seen also in place of Tilda Swinton? Oh. Kate Blanchett. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, I've never seen it though. It it captures the sexy vampire. I think more authentically because like, yes, they're gorgeous model looking people, mm-hmm. but there's something off about them. Right. Like it doesn't feel like you're looking at a model. It looks like you're looking at something beautiful, but slightly off, which I think right. is the creepiest thing about a vampire. It's supposed to trigger something familiar. It's supposed to be like, we're supposed to be seduced by this, this thing, but there's still something off about it. And that's what it is. It's their vampire. You know, what keeps coming to my mind when I think of like, a vampire movie that catches all the sensuality of being a vampire. What's that? Richard E. Grant in The Little Vampire, the children's oh, the movie. Little vampire. I remember The Little Vampire. It's a good movie, but there's, it is. there's a scene where Richard Grant, who plays like the vampire dad, comes to meet like Jonathan Lipnicki's family, and he like kisses the mom on the hand, and I was just like, oh my god, he gets it. Yeah. yeah, that's it. That's all he had to do, and he did it like so perfectly. It's very steamy. I appreciate that. <laughs> so, what's your last? What do you What do you have to say about this first entry in our Twilight holiday season movie scene? Every time I picture the scene where they walk into the cafeteria together, and she's like, "Who's that?" and then Anna Kendrick is like, "Oh, they're they're the Cullens." I always picture Ocean's Eleven music. 
when they're playing. <laughs> like every time they walk into the cafeteria, I just picture heist music. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. I can see that. I can't, I can't separate it in my brain and I don't know why, but everyone who hasn't watched it yet, if you have watched it, or if there is footage of somebody splicing heist music to that scene, just think about it. Yes. All right. Well, do we want to wrap up with our weekly obsessions? Sure. Courtney, what is your weekly obsession? Um, I don't really know. I, I think I'm going to say there's an Instagram account called The Yeet Baby. Beautiful. And I love it. It's just this young guy who has like a nephew who has a niece. I think that they all live in the same house. And he just teaches his niece to say yeet. And it sounds like she's <laughs> saying shit. And it's Amazing. so funny. And he acts like extra broy around her. And his own account is called Brad Pitt's cousin. But he <laughs> seems like a pretty nice dude. Um, it's just really precious to watch this little girl. And I think it's funny. Amazing. I dig that. Yeah. What's your obsession? Uh, I know I'm late to the game, but I've been playing Among Us. Oh, I've been playing Among Us, too. I didn't know you were playing Among <laughs> I, Us. I started playing Among Us a few weeks ago. We gotta, we gotta cool. get a group. We gotta get a group thing going for Among Us. It's so much more fun with friends. Do you have the, do you have Discord as well? No, I don't. All right. Get a Discord and join my server because that it makes it easy to communicate with everybody. Okay, um, I'm notoriously bad at lying. That's I get caught every. Yeah, time. I've only like been a good imposter once, <laughs> and I needed constant coaching from Joe. Every time I've been an imposter since, they're just like, "It's it's this person." I'm like, "Oh, did I'm really bad at this? Like, I can't even hide it." it's so much fun it is fun so yeah i'll send you my discord information it's just because like it's how we communicate during like the breaks and whatnot but then like we mute each other we mute during the actual like game game. right but then we unmute and then talk with everybody because i play on my pc i don't know if you play on your computer or if you play on your phone i've been playing on my phone but everybody's been telling me to play it on the computer no, you know what? A lot of people play it on their phone. Like, a lot of people. Like, half the people I play with do it on their phone. And I think if you only have one computer, it might make it easier to run Discord on your computer and then play on your phone. Or right. vice versa, either way. Because you can do Discord on your phone as well. But we're going to set up an Among Us soon. It's very fun. Anyone that listens who wants to join us for a game of Among Us in the near future, please, please write to us. If you want us to do an Among Us game with people, please send us some i don't know carrier pigeons or something let us know at our instagram account that you want to do an among us game so courtney yes does this movie hold up i feel like this doesn't apply to that question it's it's (laughs) it's outside of the question fair i think it does and it does not our perspectives have changed we've gotten smarter we're more aware Mm -hmm. But people still love uh, very broken, harmful relationships. So I don't think we've grown up that much. Mm-hmm. But I think they're like we said, like it's weirdly getting a comeback. Like Julian of Jenna and Julian, he just watched it and his reactions was hysterical. And I think a lot of people are catching on. Like 
these are fun fucking movies. These are hilarious. We just have to get rid of that stigma. I think like the ma- like the macho like the very masculine toxic masculine perspective of having to hate on these movies has kind of cleared away. And what we're left with is just a really funny bad movie. Right, exactly. Like if you just like wipe away all of the like feminine or like the the assumption that only like cis women love Twilight. If you push that aside yes. and you know, if you can enjoy it for what it is, I think that people are starting to enjoy it again. You're tearing me apart, Bella. Tearing me apart. <laughs> Tommy Wiseau looks like a vampire. <laughs> yeah, he totally does. He could be a vampire. Maybe maybe Stephanie Meyer saw him one day. And she's like, now that's a hunky man. Oh my god, can you imagine if that was her inspiration for this instead of twi- instead of Buffy? It was the room. It was the room. Her inspiration was the room. I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> Alright, with that, folks, thank you so much for tuning in to our first episode of the Twilight Holiday Saga. We're going to be going through all the movies, so do watch and catch up. Mm -hmm. Next one is New Moon, which I've mentioned several times Mm -hmm. because I've already started watching it. It's a difficult watch. Yeah, give yourself some time. It's going to take a while. I have 30 minutes left, I'm I'm happy to say. But, so, thank you guys. Uh, Be sure to follow us on the Instagram at RememberTheZero0SPodcast. We are on Spotify, Google, iTunes, Podbean. Just, just type it into Google if you can't. We're there. We're somewhere. You'll find us. Yes, exactly. All right, Courtney, do you have any good words to go off on? Um, Tell your loved ones that you want to drink their blood this holiday season. Exactly. Yeah. Guys, <laughs> thank you so much, and see you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. How old are you? Seventeen. How long have you been seventeen? A while.